Greetings, adventure. Welcome to the D20 Academy podcast. I'm Shiloh. I'm Gabriel. And this is episode 39, Antagonists and Villains. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode about antagonists and villains. These are a major part of any story you're trying to tell, and this episode applies... To any kind of story you're trying to tell. Yeah. Like, if you're writing a novel, if you're writing a script... An RPG. Yeah, you're planning for an RPG campaign or, or anything. Um, yeah, so that's what this episode's going to be all about. Going through villains and antagonists and, and motives and all that cool stuff. The very things we're going to be talking about today on this topic are going to be... Uh, their definition, purpose in the narrative, uh, villain motivation, conflict with heroes, their strengths and weaknesses, tactics, resources... And then what you need to do to flush them out as characters. Yeah, it's going to be a really cool episode. We have a lot of stuff we, we want to be talking about. But if you want to keep up with what we're doing here, or you have suggestions or anything like that, you can follow us on Instagram at d20 underscore academy. Um, and also we have a Discord. Mm-hmm. So uh, all you need to do to get in, just message us on Instagram. Uh, just get in contact with us. We'll send you a link. Get you all started in that. Yeah, so we have some cool stuff we want to be doing in, in the Discord. Um, we already have a couple people in there, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Doing some stuff, uh, talking. Um, but without further ado, let's get into the episode. <laughs> okay, so antagonists and villains. You probably know what we're talking about here. You know, the bad guys, the the, the person actively trying to uh, oppose the protagonist in your story. Um, but we're just going to kind of give a quick rundown here. Um, definition on, you know, what we're talking about. Mm. So, antagonist is... Well, to put into plain terms, the anti and protagonist, the person who's going against the protagonist of your story, who actively opposes or to- is hostile to the protagonist. Yes. So, uh, anti or against, anti, 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 depending on where you're from. Mm. We don't want to discriminate. Nope. Um, <laughs> um, so the protagonist, I assume you already know this, but mm. just re- the recap: the protagonist is the the person in your story. Well, actually, this kind of discussion on the difference between a main character protagonist mm. and a hero um but for the most part the protagonist is the main character of the story or the people in the story who the story follows or mm-hmm. they're the ones being proactive and stuff that's not all necessarily true depends on how you're defining yeah. it but the protagonists are essentially the main characters if you're doing an rpg the protagonists are the party mm-hmm. uh the other the, the other players if you're writing a novel it's your main characters either the people who like the um who's uh, perspective it's from, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or or whatever. And the antagonist is the anti-protagonist. Yeah, whoever is going up against your protagonist. Yeah. So, actively opposes or is hostile to the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And there's technically a slight difference between pro- uh, antagonist and villain. Mm-hmm. It might not necessarily mean much for your story, whatever you're yeah. trying to tell. But just to give context, a villain is a character who is, has evil motivations or actions and are important to the plot. Yeah, so... The, this a villain is someone whose evil yeah actions things they do th- you know whatever ideals are important to the plot. Um, I think the main difference between an antagonist and a villain is a villain. I think is in reference to someone who is evil. Mm-hmm. An antagonist might just be someone just working person against. who's opposing it. Yeah. So if your protagonist uh, is a bad person, <laughs> an evil person, then the antagonist is the person trying to oppose them. Mm. But you're Protagonist might actually be a villain. Um, whatever. We don't need to get too in-depth with here. Yeah. This episode is basically about antagonists. Yes. Typically, 
we're just we're just kind of using these loose synonyms. Yeah. Um, because typically people think of them as the yeah, same thing. Evil is uh, yeah. the antagonists are evil, and your protagonists are good. Mm-hmm. But just kind of you know a thing there. Um. Yeah. If you're trying to build an antagonist, um, think about yeah whether they are actually the antagonist, uh, or if they're just like another character who. Might be evil, might just like have slightly different motivations. You just want to figure out if like they're the person that is actively working against your protagonist. Yeah, if you look at um, or or you read or watch whatever people talking about, you know, authors or screenwriters are talking about like how story is structured or, or mm-hmm. the d- different elements of a story. A lot of people will bring up uh, antagonists and like you need to figure out your your protagonists, right? Your your main characters and who are the pe- who who is the people that they're trying to oppose, who's opposing mm-hmm. them, and then conflict, thus conflict. But your story does not have to have an antagonist. No. Not like this is conflict, conflict, antagonist. Yeah, conflict, conflict can be derived from other things. So if you're creating a story where the conflict instead comes from mm-hmm. like inner demons or mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, um, then this episode isn't really for you because we are talking about actual characters, mm-hmm. antagonists, who are opposing the protagonist, creating conflict. All right. Next. What is, what is the purpose in the narrative of, of your story to have an antagonist? Yeah, the antagonist is one of the, if not the only force in your story, that is opposing the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm about to say oppose it, uh, stopping the protagonist from reaching their goal, but that's not always necessarily not true, always as necessary. we'll be talking about a little bit later in the three different kinds of conflicts. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the the antagonists are there. You know, if you look at a typical like uh, role playing game campaign like D and D or Pathfinder, which a lot of our listeners are those people. And, um, you know, this podcast has a lot to do with that. Um, you know, your villain is, you have a BBEG, probably for your campaign, your big, bad, evil guy. Um, the, 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 the villain for the whole campaign, most, mostly, um, who meets the PCs multiple times, fights with them, whatever. Um, and then you also probably have minor villains Mm. for maybe each adventure or for each little section of stories or whatever. Um, yes, when you're making an antagonist, you want to figure out... Why are they in this story? What is their purpose mm, mm. in this n- entire narrative? What are they trying to accomplish? What are you trying to accomplish with this character, rather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are they there? Mm. <laughs> that, this, is a, this is a question <laughs> that you should ask yourself about, like... Everything. Basically. Everything. Yeah, what is the purpose of them being there? And mm. it can be something just, like, literally just for, like, a joke, or just to lighten the mood in this section or whatever. Mm. The... A thing's purpose in the narrative doesn't have to be too crazy. No, you just want to have an idea. But you want to... Because if you don't know why they're in there, they're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to understand, like, your antagonist. If you have an antagonist in your story, if you have a villain in your story, why are they there? Because mm-hmm. um, once you figure out why they're in the story, that will help you figure out yeah. so many other things. And also, why is this person, or this force, the antagonist, you know? Mm-hmm. And not, oh, Bill over there who lives next door. Yeah, yeah, Why is this particular character yes. the antagonist and not another character? I think that's a really interesting one and one, like, not a lot of people think about mm-hmm. when you're, like, kind of creating antagonists because, um, you know, it's just like, oh, I have this character. Yeah, you have this, this idea in your yeah. mind and then you're just like, but, okay, I go yeah. with that and Why not is, But I think that's a good question to ask yourself. I don't think I have to get too deep into it. No. And I don't think, like, your audience or your players or whatever will, will super care about this kind of thing. But going through this... In your mind, or you know, writing it down when you're planning out this character, can help you better understand them and their backstory, yes. and just make them feel so much more like, mm-hmm. um, you know, real in the story. Yes. 
talk about making them real, you want to give your villain or your antagonist motives. This is going to be a very big thing. They need to have a motivation. Yep. Basically, the most important thing about your villain is their motivation. Yes. Um, that is kind of like the number one <laughs> thing um, that, that drives them in, in your story, right? So you figure out why are they in the plot, what's their purpose in the narrative, mm -hmm. and then you want to figure out what do they want. This is a good question to ask about every character in your story. Yes, motivation is such a big thing in every single character because it can drive what they do at any given moment, you know? Yeah. Their priorities, their actions, and all that. Their so world it's important view. Yeah. exactly what yeah. they're motivated for. Yeah. It might just be something like specific or general. It might be like, oh, I'm motivated to be the best carpenter in the world. <laughs> sure. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. It yeah. can be general, it can be very specific. They just need to have a motivation. Yeah, uh, typical villain motivations. Destroy, Destroy the, the world. world. Rule, Rule the, the world. world. Kill everybody. <laughs> Enslave everybody. <laughs> um, those are like the classic yeah. villain motivations, right? If you think about Star Wars, it's like, oh, they're killing every... They're trying to rule the galaxy, mm. right? He destroyed my hand to rule the galaxy. That's the Emperor. I was actually doing a line by Darth Vader. Ruling the galaxy as father and son. He doesn't sound like that. Anyway, cool. Star Wars, right? Classical mm. kind of fantasy story. Um, villains trying to rule the world or the yep. galaxy in, in that case. or And also, I think that leads us into the next part here. We have, how does this conflict... With the hero's motivation. How does the villain's motivation mm -hmm. come into conflict with the hero's motivation? Yeah, because, um, you know, I, we both mm -hmm. love Brandon Sanderson. Great author. Um, he has a teaching series on YouTube. He teaches at BYU and he, he films the classes, uh, a, a creative writing class. And he was talking about... Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're talking about villains and conflict. Oh, yes, he was talking about... Um, it's doing like a visual representation of like a, of a novel of, mm. of a story. You have like one circle which is character, one oh, circle mm. which is uh, the world, the other one which is the plot, and they're all kind of intersecting, kind of like a Venn diagram. And then you have conflict which connects all of them. Mm. And then also around them you have a box which is the lens in which you view the story, like your tense and your uh, perspective. That's not always true depending on the medium that you're telling the story in, um, but it's true. The world, the characters, the plot, the thing that connects all of them is conflict, right? Mm -hmm. Story is conflict, essentially. Yes. And what makes, part of what makes a good antagonist is them having a realistic motivation that realistically puts them in conflict with the characters that you are having as your protagonists. You know, if you have an antagonist that doesn't really clash with the protagonists' motivations, then the protagonists aren't going to feel that connection, that, yeah. you know, that strive to beat the other person with the antagonist. I think a lot of kids' movies, and, like, Disney movies in particular, mm -hmm. a lot fall short for me in this regard. It's like, this character is obviously the villain. They have, like, a villain. Yeah. A, a villain laugh. There's, like, a typical Disney kids' movie villain, mm -hmm. the way they're portrayed. But sometimes it's like... but it doesn't always feel like they should be the villain in the story, mm. that there is really a lot of conflict there, but it's just kind of pushing, like, this is obviously the villain from the tropes and the things that we're yeah, showing yeah. you. Um, so I think, you know, when, you, when you're watching kind of kids' movies, film movies, Disney movies and stuff, sometimes you'll notice that the villain... I mean, a lot of other movies and stories yes. also circle with this, but I think particularly with these kinds of stories, 
the villain doesn't always actually have a lot of conflict with the heroes. And the, the story is just the plot and everything is trying really hard to get them to clash. Yeah, clash. But they don't actually really have conflicting. Yeah. And other than, like, this person is good-hearted, this person is, <laughs> like, evil and selfish. Mm. A good example of the opposite, but still in the same medium that you're talking about in animated, like, Disney kind of films, is, like, Tangled. I knew you were going to say that because you love Tangled. I love Tangled so much. <laughs> and the conflict between the antagonist and the protagonist... Mm. It makes so much sense, you know? Mm. The antagonist is just trying to get back what she had claimed as hers, what she was using to keep herself young. And that's the conflict. And the, and the protagonist trying to wants to get away. Get away and escape. Yeah. What a great movie. Oh, such a good movie. Let's just go watch that. <laughs> just stop the podcast now. <laughs> uh, no, uh, listen to the podcast, yeah. then go watch then it. Give us your support. Um, um, but, no, yeah. I, I, I think villain motivation, hero motivation... How they conflict. So, let's real quick go into the three different kinds of conflict in story. Mm. Now, there are many different kinds of conflict in a story. This is the basic three different kinds of conflicts between protagonists and antagonists, heroes and villains. Mm. The first, this is a very common one. The villain is trying to accomplish something, and the heroes are trying to stop them. Yep. Star Wars. Yep. Trying to take over the galaxy, and... The re resistance. rebellion. Yeah. The Rebellion. Resistance is 7 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's trying to stop them. Yeah. This is a pretty classic... Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty Tro classic. Uh, in our D&D campaign, this was the... Mm -hmm. This was the conflict. The villain was trying to accomplish something. Um, essentially become a god, and they had mm -hmm. needed all these different pieces. And the party, the heroes, were trying to stop them. Mm -hmm. Um... Next one, uh, the heroes are trying to accomplish something, and the villain is trying to stop them. Yeah, so same thing, but reversed. Mm -hmm. This is Lord of the Rings, right? Mm -hmm. Fellowship, trying to destroy the ring. Sauron's trying to stop them Stop yeah. them from destroying the ring. <clears throat> okay, last one. I love this one. I think this makes for really good stories. The heroes and the villain are competing for the same thing. Mm -hmm. This one really stood out to me when years ago I was in a... A video essay hole. <laughs> I was watching <laughs> the video essays on YouTube for hours. And one I watched about was about... Um, Everyone loves the Dark Knight. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, Dark Knight's a great great film. Joker's a great villain. It's one of those, you know, fanboy mm. thing. Because <laughs> everyone loves doting upon that movie. It's great. Mm -hmm. But um, he was explaining... the Whoever was creating the, the video was explaining that... The Joker is a really good villain for Batman. And the, one of the reasons Dark Knight works really well... Is because the conflict between Batman and Joker is because they're competing for the same thing. That's why they come into conflict, right? They both they both want the soul of Gotham, right? Mm -hmm. Batman wants it to be a peaceful, lawful society where people can feel safe. The Joker wants it to become a, a chaotic, you know, he wants yeah. to break free from those kind of barriers, uh, you know. I'm fairly certain possible. I've watched the same video that you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and that they, have, they keep coming into conflict because mm -hmm. they both want the same thing. They both want the soul of Gotham, but they want to control it. Yes. I think this type of conflict gives a good platform for you to show how there can be two different perspectives to try mm. and achieve, like, the, something, you know? Like, this person's not trying to achieve it to do this. This person's trying to achieve it to do this. Or because of this and because of this. It's just a good mirror there that you can use. Yeah, yeah. Def definitely for, like, I think recently when it comes to, like, novels and stuff, mm. you kind of have to write a story that's kind of, like, newer or, like, a new take on whatever. Which means that nowadays... All genre fiction stuff has to have a twist. Like, you have to have it. 
Um, and also, people are, like, playing around with, like, let's do it from a villain's perspective now, or whatever. That's, like, a big thing mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And for those for those stories that, like, switch perspectives between the good guy and the bad guy, or whatever, so you get to see both sides, and those kind of stories. <laughs> and I, I don't want to cut down those stories, or whatever. But I think those things are popping up a lot recently, because mm-hmm. people are having to find new ways to tell stories, or whatever, from interesting perspectives. Um, and this is kind of the same one, right? They're both fighting for the same thing, but you get to see things from both sides. Yeah, I um, like that. All three of these kind of conflicts, cool. All work. Yeah. Don't not use the first two just because they're used off. They're, they're tropey, yeah, yeah. Because they can still work. Once again, mm-hmm. depends on the kind of story you're, you're trying to tell. Yes, of course. Um, for an epic fantasy, you know, Lord of the Rings kind of D&D campaign thing, the first two work pretty well. Definitely the first one, I think. Um, kind of a, a, a larger than intimidating force, villain, mm-hmm. the Empire, or whatever, trying to dominate the world, trying to do whatever, and the heroes are little ragtag, you know, rebellion, trying to stop them. It's tropey or whatever, but it works. Um, so depending on the kind of story you want to tell. Yeah. Um, um, next, strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. This is a fun thing that you can use, you can play around with when making a story. What is your antagonist's strengths, and what are their weaknesses? Uh, specifically, what strengths does it have that make this particular antagonist, mm. this particular being, a difficult opponent for your heroes, or for your protagonists? What makes it uniquely strong against them, yeah. or uniquely strong in this situation? That's a really good point, <laughs> because um, I think when it comes to building villains and antagonists, right, when, when we talked about the definition earlier, right? Mm -hmm. It's someone who actively opposes the protagonist. So you need them to be, you know, coming into conflict, clashing a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they have certain things that give them an advantage over the party, and then certain things that can be exploited, that that the, not the party, the heroes. I don't Mm -hmm. want (laughs) to make it restrictive to RPGs, but, um, and, you know, weaknesses that the the heroes could exploit Mm -hmm. to defeat them. That's that's a, like a that's a really good villain. Yeah, and I think depending on what type of story you're trying to tell and what medium you're using, the strengths of the antagonist don't necessarily need to be universal strengths. It can be strengths against this specific ca- character, this specific protagonist. You know, it can be like the an- the antagonist has specific information over yeah, them. You know, yeah. it doesn't need to be like oh, this antagonist I have to give him a strength so superhuman speed. Yeah, yeah. Now. Bring it back to the best movie, Dark Knight. Uh, now I'm thinking about this. Um, that movie does it great. One of the reasons the Joker's a great villain. Because Batman, he's super badass, right? He can mm. kick people's out. Like, he's a fighter. He has weapons, all this kind of stuff. But none of that works on Joker. And Joker had... That's an advantage Joker has of him. One of his strengths is, like, that. he doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything that Batman can, like, pull on or whatever. Um... Because, you know, he directly opposes... Batman is a martial artist. Mm-hmm. He has all these gadgets. But it's useless against the Joker because of... I think yeah. that's a great example. It's really good. And also, the other half of that, what weaknesses does the antagonist have that the protagonists, the heroes, can take advantage of? Mm-hmm. Like, what's a weakness that you can give your villain that the party or the heroes, the characters, can find and use throughout the story, throughout at the end of the story, perhaps, to take down the antagonist. Yeah. Um, so, typical tropey one is a lot like Star Wars. Mm. 
They found the code. They found the weak, the, the weak point. Go after. You have to defeat the weak. The destroy the the mm. shoot your laser into the, the tube. <laughs> um, another one that is used a lot nowadays is like the weakness is like their family or whatever, yeah. and then like you reach them and then you turn them back to the good side or whatever. Um, <laughs> Again, this doesn't need to be a universal weakness. It doesn't need their weakness doesn't need to be a literal weak spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it can be any sort of thing that the party specifically or the character specifically has that can specifically impact the antagonist mm-hmm. in some sort of you know specific interaction like oh one of the protagonists is the family member you know mm-hmm. and like only they can use yeah, that yeah. against them you know yeah um and this i think helps a lot when you're creating a story typically when people create stories they're planning out stories they have the beginning and the end mm-hmm. They, they, they really, you know, they have a way that they want it to start. They have this world and these characters they want to introduce. And they have a cool way they want it to end. They have a twist or whatever. The middle, always the hardest part for people. Um, and I think if you're trying to figure out what is the middle of your story, this is a great uh, thing to think about. What can the heroes do, you know, maybe through in the middle of the story? They're looking for the weakness, the key to defeating this person. That's a big chunk of the story. They're going on journeys or whatever, or they're investigating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get the weakness, then they can go over and confront the villain in the climax and yeah. use it against them. Um, kind of a classic story yeah. adventure kind of thing. Um, interestingly, that's not in Star Wars. The protagonists didn't do anything to get the information. Yeah, they just kind of got the they information. Just, they just, the, <laughs> they rebel, just the Rebellion already had it. I don't want to crap <laughs> on New Hope, though. It's, it's a great film. Uh, <laughs> um, but... You know, having the weaknesses. Yeah. Returning to the idea of this point, we just want to make sure that your antagonist has some sort of strength and weakness to them. Yeah. And talking now to GMs, people who are running um, role-playing game campaigns, you want to make sure these strength and weaknesses are relevant. Mm. Because you are not engineering the whole story, you're not controlling the protagonist, you don't have control over the whole story. Um, Once again, this is one thing that makes role-playing games really cool. Mm -hmm. That makes the storytelling... Um, collaborative, because, you know, the the PCs, the party, they're making their own choices yes. that are impacting the story and stuff. But you want to make sure, you know, if you have, like, you built your you build your villain, you have, like, their weakness that you've built into them. Um, but, you know, you want to make sure that's relevant, that the party will be able to find a way to discover this. Build an adventure out of it. They have to go find the, the yeah. ancient sword that is the only thing that can kill this person or whatever. <laughs> um... You have to make it relevant and something like you can't make it something that they would never discover, that yeah. they would never find, that they would never use. Because then, what's the point of having it at all? Exactly. If it's not relevant, why have it? Yeah. Next, what tactics does your antagonist use? What do they do to further their goals? Mm. This ties so many different yeah, ways. Ties right back down down into the number one important, most important thing, right? Villain motivation. Mm. What does your villain want? It could be. Take over the world. Let's just use that as an example. Mm. What are the tactics they're using? What are the means to the end? Right? What What are they doing to get... Uh, to complete their motivation? How do you word that? <laughs> to reach their motivation? Mm. <laughs> to reach their goal. Reach their goal. Yeah. Yeah. What so are they doing uh, to, to, to further that? This also factors into what are their strengths, you know? Perhaps their strength is... They're very good at convincing people to do things for them, you know? Yeah. And they use that to further their motivation, you know? Mm, they use that to sure. achieve yeah. their goals. Yeah. This definitely ties into their strength. Yeah. 
Um, if you think about Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars and Dark Knight are our only examples today. Um, but in Dang Star you. Wars, the Death Star, that's a tactic the Empire is using, a fear tactic, mm-hmm. right, to take over the galaxy. Exactly. They have this big weapon, no one will be able to come against them, therefore everyone has to bow down to them, and they will rule the galaxy. That's a t- The Death Star is a tactic they're using to yeah. further their goals. Yeah. The next thing is, what are their tactics that they use to gain an upper hand over the hero, specifically? You know, if you're going to have an antagonist that frequently comes into conflict and contact with your protagonist... Which, uh, if, if you can't decide between if you want them to clash more with your heroes or clash less with your heroes in your stories, always err on the side of clashing more with your heroes. It just adds more. You yeah, know? you always want your protagonist to be coming to uh, conflicting with your heroes as much as you, as much as you can. So what are their tactics that they use specifically gain an upper hand over the heroes? Perhaps, like, they have a specific weapon that they use that's particularly f- effective against these people, you know, or, or you know, yeah, some, the, any other yeah. sort of tactic. So I was just thinking, this is literally mirroring what we were just talking about. Mm. Your villain has a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. But, and the heroes are looking for a way to exploit that. Once the villain is able to recognize the heroes as a threat... Mm-hmm. They might also try to look for their weaknesses. So, like, an immediate thought that went to mind, this kind of classic entropy, is, like, they take someone they love hostage. Yeah. Or they they capture someone, so they have to come save them, and then they can kill them, or or whatever. Um, Yeah, it's kind of flipping the the same Mm. thing. Once the villain recognizes them as a threat, um, how are they... Yeah. Exploiting their weakness, the hero's weaknesses. Because it's only natural, because the protagonists are like, oh, this is a threat, then they work to stop that. And once the antagonist realizes, oh, these people are a threat, threat, they're going to work to stop that. For sure. Next, if applicable, in combat, what tactics do they use to set them apart from others that the heroes might encounter? This Mm. isn't necessarily applicable to everything. Yeah. It's only necessarily applicable in detailed combat in stories and in, like, role-playing games. Yeah. Like, they have a special ability that they can use, you know, that sets them apart from other monsters, villains, whatever... They have a special ability that they can use. It's cool and new and yeah. exciting. Or perhaps in your story, they have a special power they can use to create a cinematic moment in the fight. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think the word tactics is really good. Like, are they? Do they have certain strategies oh, or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. as well? That is. Like, do they have a style in which they fight? You know, if they're like a sword mm-hmm. fighter, they have a specific style that you can use to help describe what mm-hmm. they look like and what they're doing. Also yeah. adds a nice bit of you know uniqueness. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you want to figure out, and this is, you know, kind of still the natural progression, right? You figured out what the villain wants. You've figured out what they're good at. Now, marrying those two, mm. how are they using what they're good, good at, at to get what they want? Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect <laughs> soup. Um, and this, this next thing we're talking about also has to do with that. Yes. What resources do they have? Resources can be used in so many different ways in your story, and antagonists can have as much or as little resources as you, as you want to give to them. You just need to figure out what resources do they have and how do they use them. Yeah, so this can be anything. Armies. Mm. Money. Magic. Influence. Yeah, yeah. Wealth. Influence. Power. Whatever it is. Resources come in many different shapes, sizes, flavors. Mm-hmm. And they all have their own unique benefits and drawbacks, you know? Perhaps they have a lot of money, but then they have a debt, you know? Perhaps yeah. they have a lot of... Uh, Influence, but then they have a lot of enemies, you know. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of similar to tactics, mm-hmm. but it's different in in the sense that, like, 
your villain, one of the resources might be a huge army. Mm. Like Sauron. He has like millions of orcs. That's a resource he has. The tactics is how he uses, uses. those orcs mm-hmm. to fulfill his motivation, take over Middle-earth. Yes. Um, it feels so good when this all comes together. It just, it, <laughs> it's so nice when you connect these things. Um, it just really makes for a, a good, realistic, mm-hmm. compelling, dangerous villain. Yes. Like, think of the Empire... Go back to Star Wars again. Yeah. They have so many resources and they detail like what resources they have. And that is one of the things that adds tension to the plot of, oh, like they have the Death Star. They yeah, have this yeah. army that they can use to do this stuff. And they, the whole story about working around that and defeating mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. against all those odds and resources. Yeah. 99% of the time, they should have more resources than mm. the heroes. Because more power, more status more army, more money, makes them more of a threat, mm-hmm. turning it into more of an underdog story. The, the, uh, the, we don't, we're not going to talk about it this episode, <laughs> but the stakes are higher. Yes. Uh, the, the danger level is much higher when they mm. have more resources. You can totally tell a really cool story where the villain is, actually has less resources than the heroes or whatever. Mm. But it's just a nice, yeah. easy way to add more of a threat to your antagonist. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next couple of things, not necessarily the biggest questions you need to ask, like, how do they obtain res- these resources? You know, you can answer that really simply, like, they gain control of the galaxy, so of course they have the, ma- the money and yeah, yeah, yeah. manpower to build the Death yeah. Star. But this just goes back to also, like, kind of world-building things, mm-hmm. um, but just the logical explanation, we only need a paragraph, a sentence maybe, uh, mm-hmm. just to know why they have these. You want to make sure that it's realistic enough that your antagonist has access to these resources. Yeah. Asking these sorts of questions is how you avoid things like plot holes in your story. You know, like asking, yeah, okay, but how do you get this? You can just solve that quickly, get it out of the way. Let's say you're doing a, a, a fantasy political drama, mm. okay? So uh, the main bulk of the story takes place in the court at, at balls or whatever, and people are vying for pa- power or, you know, yeah, th- those kind of stories that are really cool. Um no, I actually, I really do like political dramas. <laughs> um, but it, it, in that sense, um, there may be, like, a really famous, like, house or faction or whatever, or yeah. family. Um, and maybe the antagonist is from that family or house or whatever. Mm. They probably have lots of influence, lots of money that they are using to manipulate people, coerce other people, yeah. Yeah. Um, to create this web of, you know, and then corruption and be able to cover up for corruptions, assassinations. I really like political dramas. <laughs> I like the idea of, like the fantasy like court mm. um but those are resources they have and logical explanation they're a part of this big house they were born into this big family or whatever sometimes your villain the reason is because they worked hard for it yes and they had to lose a lot and they had to learn a lot for it and those are also really cool villains yeah you can have the way that they obtain these resources cost them and that can be an interesting thing to factor into their character mm-hmm. and their background their history and all of that uh, oh, that reminds me of something. Just I, I just have to say it real quick. All right, back kind of tying back to motivations. What, what, uh, what, what's at stake for them? What can they lose? Because mm. if you think about those two different kind of characters, right? Someone who's born into like a big house or whatever, their character might not be prone to failure or losing whatever, or might not just care as much, honestly, about getting their goal as someone who has worked hard for it, has suffered, mm. has. 
they probably are much more passionate and more dangerous probably. They really care about completing their goal. They really care about the resources that they've been able to collect for yes. working hard and stuff. And if perhaps you're taking the character you're talking about, for example, perhaps their motivation is to just keep what they have. Mm-hmm. Keep their control and power. They might not necessarily yeah. be like trying to do anything big or do anything necessarily at all other than keep the status quo. That can be their motivation. You just want to make sure that comes in conflict, conflict. with yes. the hero's motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what's the next thing you have here? Oh, yeah. Spark. Just want to get into it briefly. Now, once you've established all of these things, you know, their motivations, their purpose, the conflict that they have with the heroes, their strengths, weaknesses, tactics, all of that, you're going to want to just take some time and flesh out your antagonist as you would with any other character in your world, you know? Yeah. I feel like this is not going to be brief, but... <laughs> well, we'll <give laughs> just give a brief rundown, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, yes, you have these important things. Mm-hmm. But now... Create, like, them. An actual character, yeah. They're, they're, you might have already done kind of things. Maybe what they're... You might have probably thought about their appearance or mm. their background and stuff. But, like, flush them out. What do they look like? What's the backstory? What's the personality like? Yeah. Their place in your world. All that kind of stuff. Detail them. Make them an actual person, you know? If it is a person, make them yeah, a person. Yeah, it, it could be a force. Yeah. Uh, or whatever, but... Just detail yeah. that. What they look like, how they act, who they are, history... All of that. Um, I like to say, make them badass. Make them awesome. Um, even when it like comes to something as simple as just like aesthetics, like what they look like, mm-hmm. make them cool. Like make them look awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, some of the cool, like some of the best villains just like look cool. And even like if I'm watching a movie or a show or whatever, and like it's not the best movie mm-hmm. or show, or the villain's not the best. A lot of people know how to make cool-looking villains. Mm. And definitely when it comes to, like, your RPG, if you're running a campaign or whatever, make your villain, like, cool as hell. It just gives you another place to, you know, just perhaps draw another person in. Like, you know, if you, like, aren't as good at giving them unique dialogue or something, perhaps you might be better making them look cool, you know? It's just another place for you to excel at, you know? What's the harm in making them something that people find interesting to look at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find yeah, interesting yeah. to... Yeah, P- people love cool-looking villains. Yeah. yeah. Um, but definitely when it comes to things like anime, like, the villains are, like, <laughs> crazy-looking. Um, you know, and once again, it comes back to, like, their purpose in the narrative or, like, mm-hmm. their character. Sometimes your character may not actually look really cool or whatever because mm-hmm. they serve the... That's the purpose yeah. they serve in the story. But, like, what I'm saying is just have fun... Make them awesome. Mm-hmm. Just like if you were playing RPG, like just like you're making your protagonist awesome. Just like you want to make the character you're going to be playing for the the campaign cool. Mm-hmm. Make like make a like feel free to make the villain awesome. Yeah, just makes them more memorable, you know. Yeah, and tied into that, make them threatening. Yeah, really important thing. Just want to touch on it again here at the end. Yeah, if the antagonist isn't threatening to the party. And it's not going to be as much reason for them to come into conflict, you know? If it's not mm-hmm. a threat, why would they yeah. be clashing? Yeah. Now, there are, of course, a couple instances... Yes, where of they, course. Yeah, there are exceptions. Twist villains and such. Yes. Um, like Hans from Frozen. <laughs> People just like, what are these two, like, grown-ass men talking about Disney movies all the time? <laughs> um, you know, he's not threatening. As, as of the beginning. Because yeah, he's a twist villain. The sheep from that... Uh, Free movie. 
Zootopia. Um, oh. The sheep is not a threatening villain. Of course, she's a cute little sheep. That's the purpose. That's the point. Yeah. She's a twisted villain. But for the most part, you want to make your villain a danger. Yeah. Threatening. Some of this might be tied into what they look like. Mm-hmm. They have like freaking spikes sticking out of them, and, and like they're massive. Or might be tied tied into their resources. You know, they have all this money and power behind them, or their tactics, or their strengths. You know. Yeah. There's so many different ways you can tie this into their character and into all these things we've talked about. But it's just important, if that's what you're going for, to really find a way to make them a threat. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the Empire, mm-hmm. right? They, they, George Lucas and his team took great care to make them feel threatening. Mm-hmm. Death Star, huge. huge. We see it at the beginning, mm-hmm. blow up a planet. Now, once again, I don't want to get too much into stakes <laughs> and stuff, because that's another episode. You know, stakes and suspense, all that kind of stuff. But I think it does matter, and I think we do need to touch upon it, upon it here, because that matters for the villain. Yes. Setting up the stakes, being like, wow, the Empire, really powerful, really threatening. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader, he just kills tons of dudes in, like, the first scene. He just comes in and just takes out the red lightsaber and kills all boom, these rebel boom, soldiers. Boom, boom, boom. It's a good way to use your antagonist to add conflict to the story. So to make them threatening, you know... The protagonist, the protagonist know that they have something to do. Yeah. They have something to go against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They for have sure. a threatening villain. Yeah. It's urgent. It adds a direction. Yeah. And once again, I don't want to touch too much on stakes, but like, um, you know, what is, uh, if we don't stop the villain, mm. what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and being able to show them that while they're threatening and stuff, then it builds the, the, the tension Will the little rebellion be able to defeat this Darth Vader? He's crazy, and the Death Star is huge, and it blew up a planet. How, like, will they, be, they have to fight really hard. They have to struggle. It's going to be epic yeah. to try to defeat this big threatening force. Um, yeah, so, once again, fleshing out your villain. Yep. Right? Give them a personality, detail what they look like. You can make them look cool, make them badass in some sort of way, and make them threatening. Okay, once again, to go back to the threatening thing. Using our, uh, our other example, <laughs> Joker, threatening. threatening. First off, he looks super creepy. <laughs> Once again, this just comes back to visuals. Mm. He looks creepy. And you see him being dangerous at the beginning. He's a threat, mm-hmm. right, to, the, to these people. Um, just, it's, it's very important. It's a, it's a very important thing. Um, because if the party doesn't see them as a threat, mm-hmm. they don't care. To, to collide with them. They won't yeah. care to go after them or to whatever. And this isn't just important in role-playing games where you're trying to get your players to do something necessarily. Yeah. It's also in a story, if you set up this antagonist, but they aren't threatening the party or coming into conflict with the party. The heroes, yeah. The heroes. Yeah. Forgive me. Then, why? It, just, it would just feel inorganic for the, to make the heroes go after this this big force or whatever if it isn't threatening. Yeah. If you're writing a novel or whatever... You may not be trying to get your players on board, mm. but you are trying to get your audience, audience on board. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was a good point. Um, I I think a lot of things to think about, um, like the race or species. If you're like writing like a fantasy sci-fi thing, mm. um, I assume if you listen to this podcast, you probably have some sort of you might play D and D or like you know you're kind of in those communities. So you probably write genre fiction. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but the race of species or whatever, how is that relevant? Does is there a certain race of species that just looks cool that you want to use? Um, gender Are they purple. 
<laughs> Wait, should we talk? <laughs> okay, so my last campaign. This just ties in to, to uh, our topic today. Tangent. Uh, so our the campaign I ran for like two and a half years or whatever. We ended maybe half a year ago. Almost a year ago, maybe? No. No, no, no. no half a year ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the big evil race of people, mm-hmm. um, there was a, a race I created called the Zenthari. They're kind of Egyptian-themed slavers, uh, psionic powers. Uh, this race of people who's trying, to, who's trying to conquer the world and enslave everybody else. And they were this, this big uh, villainous force, and the heroes were trying to stop them. Now, for some reason, and I just we just learned this last night while we were playing our new campaign. We were just talking about this. Everyone thought they were purple. Everyone thought they were purple. It's the but apparently thing. they're like okay. So I, 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 they were never purple in my mind. I made them. They kind of look like elves. They got pointy ears. They're bald. They're pale skinned. They have an eye. They have a vertical eye on their forehead. We got all of that, but just purple. <laughs> for some reason, everyone thought they were purple. <laughs> And we were talking about it yesterday, and I was like, oh, yeah, I thought it was purple. Wait, I thought it was purple, too. And I'm like, what? Why did you guys think it was purple? Anyway, they're, uh, <laughs> pick a species or race, maybe a purple one. Um, but, you know, how does that factor in to yeah. the story? Gender. I think that's pretty important as well to, to, your, to your story. Um, in Legend of Drizzt, I, know, I don't think you've read that. No. Um, massive book series by R.A. Salvatore. It's in the Forgotten Realms. Mm. One of the things that made the, that world really popular. Um, that's the world for D&D, basically. It's like the D&D classic word, world is Forgotten Realms. Go read the books if you want to. Anyway, it, it follows a dark elf named Drizzt. Super famous. Maybe the most famous D&D character of all time. Um, <clears throat> the first three books, or actually mostly just the first one, takes place in the Underdark in a dark elf city called Menzo Baron Zan. I'm just showing off my nerd knowledge, but um, in that society, women are more powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, intrinsically, they are literally more powerful. They're stronger. They have access to more magic. In society, only women can become priestesses, and priestesses are like the highest rank you can attain and stuff. <laughs> um, so in a story in, in this city, right, mm-hmm. the gender of your villain matters. If it's a woman, they're probably going to have these resources and stuff. Mm-hmm. If it's a man, it's probably a guy who's kind of in the lower classes, but who has become dangerous or whatever because of certain things. Yes. Different dynamics. As always, you're also going to want to ask your question, how does it affect everything else? You know, if I make mm. my villain, my antagonist female, how would that affect them in their life? You know? Yeah. And just a couple other things, you know, detail of their age, yeah. background... All those kinds of things, just to make them a real character in your world. Yeah. Um, once again, if, if you play RPGs, D&D, things like that, backstories, right? That's like the, the thing that you mm-hmm. have. Every time you create a new character for a campaign, you got to write a backstory for them. Villain, a very important character in your campaign. Yeah. Just as much as your protagonists are. So you should also give them a backstory. Why are backstories important? I believe we have an episode on this, don't we? Do we? Yes, we have an episode on backstories. I don't think so. Are you sure? Let me check. <laughs> I don't think we have an anyway, backstories. Anyway, backstories are important because it helps establish who a character is. You know, they have a past. They came from somewhere. And that past has helped them evolve into what they are now and who they are now. It can influ- influence, you know, their decisions, their personality, their goals, all of that. It's a really important part of making a character, deciding where they came from, how do they get to this point. 
We don't have an episode on backstories. We are going to make an episode on oh. backstories. We've been talking about it for a while, but we don't have an episode on backstories. Fake news, everyone. There's no <laughs> episode we, on backstories. We, we will. One day. One day. It's not on our schedule right now, but we are planning to, and I think that is honestly a topic big enough yes. for a, a whole episode. But I just want to touch upon, it is important for your villain, just like your heroes, to have a backstory. How does that form their motivations? How does that form the resources they have X2? Mm-hmm. How has that led to the tactics they use? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is super relevant right now. Has to do with the campaign I'm running right now, but I don't want to do any spoilers for you because you're in that campaign. <laughs> but there are a couple different villains in in the story. Um, you guys aren't actually fully aware of all of them yet, but there are a couple different villains that I've set up uh, in the campaign, and the players will be able to kind of figure out who will they side with, who will they trick, whatever. That's kind of a, a theme of the campaign, though, in general, mm. that we talked about. Mm. But... Uh, <laughs> Don't mind me, just taking notes. But um, the there's a couple different villains. Once again, I don't want to spoil anything for you because you're playing the campaign. But they, a, one of the big things that changes them is the resources and the tactics they have. Mm. One of them has not a lot of resources, and but their tactics are very like straightforward. You know, violence, chaos. Another person mm. has lots of resources. They may be more that they, they act. Uh, their their tactics are much more subtle, manipulation things like that. Um, so. You know, how... And that all has to do with, with their backstory. Where that mm-hmm. character comes Which from. Is? <laughs> I've already said too much. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, all this stuff. It, I mean, there's... You're creating a, a character. A yes. very important character. And you probably already know how much goes into, into, into characters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that goes into making a character seem real and realistic in your world. So you might necess- you might want to spend a decent amount of time building up this, in- this antagonist, detailing all the things we've talked about, and anything else that you think that's important to this character and to this story. Yeah, I, I do want to point out once it comes down kind of to like relevance and your antagonist, how much time you should kind of spend on making them. Mm. Because honestly, if you're building someone like the Joker right in the Dark Knight build you want to go into detail with them Mm -hmm. what do they have access to and stuff they're competing for the same thing against batman right you want to make an interesting character use there he's on screen a lot matters a lot now think of like sauron if you just have read the lord of the rings or just seen the movies not any like Mm -hmm. appendices or some or anything you don't really know a lot about that is true he's just like the dark lord you never encounter him (laughs) the pcs never run into him i mean there's the tower in the eye But, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. he's a kind of a faraway kind of antagonist. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, he's kind of a faraway antagonist. So, Emperor 2, I feel like. Mm. The, one you, the one you would flesh out much more is Darth Vader. In, mm. Yeah. But you want to figure out how close are they? Yeah. Are they ones that physically, you know, are running into the party a lot, or ones that are more faraway villains? Yeah. In closing, just want to recap what we talked about. When you're talking about making an antagonist and a villain, you just want to make sure that you detail, most importantly, what is the motivation. Most important. Yep. First of all, figure out their purpose in the narrative. Make sure they, that they matter. Yeah. That they should be in the story. Yeah, but then you the most important thing about that. Most importantly, that. motivation. Figure out how they come in contact, conflict with their heroes. And then the certain things that make them unique. Their strengths and weaknesses, tactics, resources... 
And yeah. last of all, but certainly not least, flesh them out as real characters in yeah. your world. So, motivation. How does this conflict with the hero's motivation, right? Yes. Is it, the villain's trying to do something, hero's trying to stop them, vice versa, they're both competing for the same thing. All that kind of stuff. Villain's motivation. Um, what are their strengths and weaknesses? How are they using their... St- uh, oh, like, how do resources work into that? Because mm-hmm. I think resources is also kind of married to strength and weaknesses as yes. well. They have access to lots of armies, but honestly, not, not, a, lot of, lot, not a lot of influence. Mm. They don't have a lot of influence on people. That's a weakness they have, and a strength they have is the armies. Um, how are they using their resources, their strength and weaknesses? As tactics, what are the, what are the ways they're using those to complete their goal? Um, and then basics, you know, the, the basic yes. stuff, fleshing them out, figuring out the race and species, figure out what they look like, figuring out how old they are, their personality, the way they talk, <laughs> all that kind of stuff all goes into making a, a good antagonist. Yeah, for sure. Um, so once again, villains, antagonists, any kind of story you're trying to tell, um, RPG, a uh, medium rather, sorry. Hmm. You can tell a story without an antagonist, um, but it, whatever medium you're, you're, you're using, whether you're writing a novel or a screenplay or you're creating an RPG campaign or whatever. Um, I mean, this is something really important. I'm surprised it's taking us 39 episodes to <laughs> do an episode on this because, you know, I think this is really important. Yes. Also, we didn't really talk about this, but th- you don't just do this once. Definitely if you're making a campaign. Mm. There is probably one big villain, right? Your BBEG, your big villain for the whole campaign. But there has, there's probably other minor villains for certain adventures. Yes, your for story and media every... might call for you to do this multiple times for multiple, multiple different characters. Right, Star Wars, Emperor, and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, for, like, our D&D campaign, right, our BBEG was this evil lich guy. Mm. But there were other, other minor antagonists throughout the whole story in, in these different story arcs and these different adventures. Yes. And something I want to touch on just here at the end. Uh, all of these things might change throughout your story. Mm. The villain's motivations might change throughout the story and the plot. Their tactics and strengths and weaknesses, that all might change. But it's just nice to have an idea of what they are. And if you do come to a point where something that you're planning to do in this story would change that, don't be afraid of it. Just know that there are going to be ramifications. Yeah, I think that was a super good point, though. That just reminded me of something else. Just like the heroes, just like your party, the, the players, the tactics and resources, strength and weaknesses will probably change once they start conflicting with the heroes, once they start seeing them as a threat, right? Yes. They may, oh, this tactic isn't working. They're going to switch things up. New danger, more threat, more stakes. Um, they realize they're going to need a bigger army to, to defeat mm. the heroes. They get access to bigger army. New danger, more threat, Yes. more stakes. There's a popular saying called, that goes as, nothing survives contact with the players. <laughs> yeah. And you might even find that if you're writing a book, your plans that you had for your antagonist might not survive contact once you introduce the protagonist, the people yeah. are working against it, might just not work and might not work in the way that you're thinking. So just don't be afraid of the change, just be aware of it. I think, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I think it's a good place for us to end here today. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things we've talked about, um, really important things. I want to make a villain right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, real quick, um, we are both trying to write right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you're writing a short story. You're not really sure. I'm folk trying to write a novel. Both kind of in the fantasy genre. Um, but 
both of us, for to my knowledge, don't have antagonists in our stories. No. No, like, person or being in my yeah, story, yeah. at least. You are writing a fantasy adventure story. Mm. I'm writing, well, around. I'm writing a fantasy high story. And neither of our stories have villains. We have threats mm-hmm. and stakes and dangers and our protagonist motivations and everything. But the, though the threats and everything, they come from a different source. They, 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 they come from something else, right? Like if in an, under, in an underdog sports movie, there's usually not like an antagonist. There may be like, oh, the rival team. But typically there's not an obvious antagonist other than they come from a really poor district. They have to overcome that or yes. they, they, they don't work well together. So different other, there are other ways that you can use in substitution for an antagonist. Other ways you can yes, use 100%. to bring conflict and yes. stress and threat to the campaign, the players, the characters in your story. Yeah. This is just one of the ways we want to talk about, and it's yeah. a really important and big and popular way. Yeah, for that. sure. Um, villains, great. Uh, really really good tool, I think. They're yes. a really good tool for storytelling. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a good place to end there. All right, so that was our episode on villains and antagonists. We broke down several different things that goes into making what we believe is a good antagonist and good opposing force for your heroes, your players, your your protagonists, and your story. So, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Before we end, I want to quickly plug in our Instagram, which is at d20 underscore academy. Yeah. And our Discord, so just message us on Instagram or whatever you choose, get in contact with us, and we'll set you up with the Discord. Um, also, if you visit our public anchor site, yes. there's a way to find the Discord there. I don't. There's a small button near like Twitter, or near the yes. Twitter button. Or you can just direct message us, it's a big button, mm-hmm. from through Anchor, and we can hook you up there. Um, okay, next episode. It? What's the next episode? Next week. Spotlight on the Rogue. Yes, another class spotlight. Last, last month was so much fun <laughs> we did the ranger if you haven't listened to that one go listen to it that was so much fun mm-hmm. i love that one. <laughs> um but the next one we're finally doing another class spotlight on the rogue the edgy boy one of my favorite classes one of your eh, classes yeah. <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun so look out for that episode next week and um don't play a mystic or do you <laughs>